The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We've decided to do something a little different for this program as we end this year and look towards a new year. We've taken It Ain't Gonna Happen, a friend of Medjugorje's book that was published in 2010. We just are opening up pages randomly to have a friend of Medjugorje comment on where we were, what is that, five years ago? And where we are now and what he wrote and really prophesied as far as what our economic situation we would find ourselves in today. So we'll just start off and this is from uh, page 217. Women frivolously talking to each other, busy being busy, wasting so much valuable and precious time. Time spent, which will be the cause of caustic, bitter lamenting for the time we are coming into. Observe when you are out, for it is self-proving. Shop till you drop will become a true proverb, as there will be those dropping to their knees when they come to realize how much time they spent in idleness 
when they could have channeled those years into building a way of life. So what would you like to comment on? Well, you're asking me just to expand on that? Yes. Proverbs speaks of he who tills his own land has food in plenty, but he who follows idle pursuits is a fool. And this displays and explains and is a truth of the culture today, everywhere. Even in Medjugorje, who own an acre of land, their sole dependence and self-reliance depended on that in an amazing way on such a little bit of track of property. Uh, I was blown away by that, that they could survive on that and eat good, plenty, take their cow away. They can't. They don't have enough land for grazing, but take them on a chain out in the distance fields or wherever this grass is growing wild or on the side of the road, wherever it may be. They improvised. They got by, and we went there, and one thing we enjoyed was the food. They ate good. And so what you just got there reading really is talking about hunger. When it comes to us, and everything has a consequence, and our economic system is is under judgment. And when that falls and all this integration from one place to another, dominoes across the world, not just our nation, not just your county, not just where you live, but everywhere, then what it will be like. We have people that we know that have so much wealth that's unimaginable for us as common people or middle class, even if some people are wealthy. They're getting land. They're buying land. They understand they need to be growing their food, become more independent of the system. Because if something happens, all the money in the world can't not, will not get you a can of soup off the grocery store shelf if there's none there to be had. But love, the labor of love, growing closer to the soil, how God has made nature's force, and if you are, I abide by that, come in harmony with that. You can reach up on your shelf of your cupboard, grab a quart jar of canned tomatoes or something else, whether you're rich or poor. You don't have to be rich to do that. In fact, if you're poor, you're rich if you can eat. Because we're going to come into a time where your money, your means, your wealth can't buy anything because the most precious thing out there will be food. And it was Wall Street who said, that the future gold is food. And so we have this whole system right now of wasting our time at sports events on Saturdays, entertaining ourselves, that we got our salary job, our hourly job, we've got our business, and everybody else take care of the food supply. is very, very dangerous today in the world for you to let somebody else take care of meeting your need to be able to eat. Why would you depend on that? Do you trust a system that sells a pill for $750? Do you trust a pill that just came out with a new medicine for cancer patients that's $100 a pill, $6,300 a month? I'm familiar with that. Look at all the cancer patients out there and what happens to them when they're terminally ill. There's always a new drug. There's always a new pill coming out. You think these pharmaceutical companies don't say, hey, go get some baking soda. Let's put a little mustard in it this time. Let's put a little bit of this in it and call it 
whatever. Am I saying there's people corrupt out there? I'm saying the system is corrupt. The $750 pill sold before for $13.60. A competitor says it sells it for a dollar. And that's a lot of profit in that dollar pill. It's under judgment. Obamacare came as a result of these things happening way before we got Obamacare. You don't get these things happening to your welfare and your health. When Our Lady says, every apparition, pray for the sick. Every apparition, I say, Our Lady says that she prays for these people, that she asks you to pray for the sick. She presents, they present the sick to her. This is a constant thing. And yet, our hospitalization and our Medicare or our, our medical needs are being damaged by Obamacare. It's because of judgment. It's a corrupt system. It doesn't care for the patient. It cares for the profit. So this system is coming down. But you can live with being ill, not terminally necessarily, but you can't live without food. You can live without a house, but you can't live without eating. You can live on the means of getting by as far as the external things and having extras in your house. But you can't if you don't have water. And if you spend your whole day trying to get water to your place, it's a problem. And we're under your mercy. And it's extreme mercy. It's beyond what many think should happen even in front of the Pope. They're upset with him. But I read this as something that God's given to us as our last chance our last shot at mercy, because we know we're already under judgment for the economic situation, for the divorce situation, for the situations in the economy, for the situations in our whole food chain, how we operate, the industries, everything. Everything is under judgment, and everything that does not glorify God, it will, will pass. Because like I said, it's going to fall apart. And only what glorifies God remains. If you have a business, you better turn your business first, not to profit, but how is it glorifying God? How is it being used to propagate Christianity? And, and there's Muslims out there that are good Muslims. There's bad Muslims. Yeah, the radicals. But you got good people out there, even in that rank, who has to be glorifying God. Our lady just recently said, Love the church you belong to. She didn't say the Catholic church. Love the church you belong to because every place has truth. If you're living it, you may not have the knowledge of going to the one true place of the, the, the higher truth of the Eucharist. But if you, for what you will be judged for, or are living by your whole heart in your faith, then love it. Because Allah is going to bring us to truth. The judgments come upon us to bring us the truth. It is horrible what's going to be coming. And so why not make these moves now? And so, yes, it will be very bitter because the homemaker is not in the home. She's the shopping maker. Everything's going shop till you drop. Everything's out there. Tributous time wasted. Idleness. Isaiah talks about the women, that the children... When judgment comes, the children are tyrants, 
and they submit to them rather than to the man. And we're there. We have the situation. And we have people that's going to have to go into agrarian waste assistance. I'm not talking about farmers. Medjugorje knows not one single farmer there. They grow the tomatoes. They raise cows. They raise chickens. Or they did. They did all these things. But I never, never looked at them as farmers. There's a big difference in farming and an agrarian-based way of life. You don't need to turn into a farmer. You need to do what God said in the Garden of Eden, that by the sweat of your brow you should eat. You can be the doctor, you can be the lawyer, you can be the pharmacist, you can be whatever you want to be, but you need to have control over your food source, especially now. Because when 2016, your mercy ends, you better be prepped. You better be expanding this time to do what you need to do to be in a position that you have the security of 500 jars that you can. And if you can't grow it, go to the markets, go pick and eat. When they grow these things, that's the farm who just grows all tomatoes on 200 acres. We don't farm here. This place is not a farm. Satan wants people to think this is a farm. This has nothing to do with farm. We are a village here. We're based in a green way of life. And we have our own products we produce. But we do not farm. We are not farmers. We're not degrading or putting down or degenerating the occupation. We are people, the Angelus people, who make their way in what our work is, which is we are missionaries. This is a holy site. This is a place that propagates the messages to the world. This is a place that our lady is touched. And because of that, this is something, and this is who we are, and this is who we're known for. Satan wants to make us known for something else. Just because we have tractors, but we don't farm, and we never will farm. We're a village based in the growing way of life, and you need to get there. And so if you do have money, the best thing you can do, the best investment you can do is build you an infrastructure Buy you 500 acres, build you a nice house there, build some cottages there, find families that you'll put there on your land free. Let the dads still work and make money, but have the children there and the moms take care of the agricultural side, the grand way of life. And you have a system where some acres, you're not going to be able to do it with your money. When infrastructure files, who wants money? They want food. Infrastructure crashes, the economic system crashes, you're going to want people around you. Your wealth will be people because one family of 10 people, 15 people, cannot take care of the dairy cows, the chickens, the meat, the processing the meat, doing everything. If you know anything about the old days, people would kill a cow and then they'd go distribute that cow to all their neighbors because they couldn't keep it that long. And then the other neighbor, when they ran out, would kill his cow, and then he'd go distribute it. That's how they elongated and kept sustained between the neighbors. Villages are the future, and you can have a village with five houses in your little chapel. That's what we saw descend on Medjugorje, or those who witnessed it in the beginning days. A church, five or six houses around it, a green area of grass between the next little village, church, small chapel, Five or six houses around that. That's all you need. You need five or six families around you, at least. Maybe 15. But you, these, it's called the, the, 
the community of the bell, everything within the bell, sounds of that bell, produces every need in that community. This is the future. This is 2016. This is where you need to be marching toward right now. You do not have any more time to waste. So ain't ain't going to happen broke. This is open for a lot of people. But ain't going to happen is about our life that we've been living ourselves. The book, It Ain't Gonna Happen, I believe it was released on June 24th, 2010. And, of course, immediately, it's within the crowds of the financial people. It was immediately understood for for what it was. And uh, there was an initial rejection of the book by certain religious people. As if saying things like, you shouldn't be talking about this, that uh, the Medjugorje messages have nothing to do with the economic system or financial, anything that has to do with finances or anything of the sort, particularly silver, which is spoken about in the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen. But who was going to talk about it? The, the devil's children or our lady's children? Who who was going to speak about these things? So so the, so you took this head on and you, you wrote this book. And within the first year, uh, it was responsible, uh, just through people reading It Ain't Gonna Happen, was responsible for 2% of the world's sale of silver bullion. So that's that's a pretty remarkable amount, and that just shows that people understood it for what it was. Now, five years later, talking to the people who were listening on the other side of this, you know, we're speaking to the choir almost now, but five years ago, this wasn't necessarily the mentality. This was like a new idea, a new way of thinking, something that people didn't, you know, understand fully. And now it's kind of goes without saying. And, and I, I would almost imagine that the people who probably opposed it in the beginning probably have a little cash of silver now, probably that we would just never know about that. But, what I'm what I'm getting to is it's it's changed mentalities. It's changed the way people think, and now today we talk to people today who are doing these kinds of things and trying to make a change in their life. And what we're seeing with some people that we speak with is there's almost a a, a panic. Uh, just spoke with a woman two weeks ago who they've read the book, they had cashed in a lot of things, had cashed in their retirement. Uh, they, her and her husband had prayed in Novena. They sold their house. They moved from Florida to a whole other state. And now they're stuck and they don't even know if they made the right decision now. They're scared. They're worried. Uh, they have all this money from the sale of their house. They don't even know if where they are is where they're supposed to be. And it's like a big, long, complicated thing. And it's just, and it was just worry now. So for people that have acted on the book or are trying to act on it ain't going to happen, that are stuck in that kind of situation, what would you say to those people? Well, we have a contractor on our grounds right now. His, he told us that he knows somebody in the CIA, way, way up in the CIA. And it's a family member, and they've never talked to him about what they do. And recently they said to him that we're not going to get out of this mess that this country's in right now. And speaking more in reference to the whole world. And he says, that's all that was said, but that's all he's ever heard for several decades. He's been, they've been in the CIA. And then he said that this individual has bought land way up in the mountains in Virginia. Way out in the middle of nowhere. And that tells him something. But what it tells me is you can't make a refuge. You can't go hide. You can't do it by yourself. You have to be with other people. So your motivation has to be not to save yourself, but to start living of what 
the way that you're going to be living naturally. And the only way to go back to that is what God ordained in Genesis 3.15 and base your life on that, on a life that glorifies God close to the soil, next to it, not as farmers, but as subsistence living. And you will never be able to produce everything you need. That's why there's trades. That's why one village to the next may trade something. But this is coming. So the quickest way to get to it and quickest way to protect yourself is to take, forget your stocks, forget your investments, get that into something that has intrinsic value. That's why we've pushed silver. The whole concept, I won't go in that. That's what Frank does. But what, what, what you need to do immediately is cash out these things. And, and silver could go down. But if it, if it, it can't crash, the dollar can crash and will crash, and that can be worthless. Your investments, many people have lost millions of dollars. Some people don't have a lot of money and lost only $100,000 or $200,000. We know a guy when the 2008 crash happened, he was very, very depressed because they had $300,000 in their retirement. They lost overnight $150,000, and he was crying for two days. His wife called us and didn't know what to say, what to do, how, how to console him. I'd a whole lot rather have that. And what we designed, which is miraculous measure, measure around, and but that's not the goal. The goal is to immediately salvage that, hold on to it, even whether it goes up or down is not is immaterial. You've got something that you can immediately transfer your cash into, and from that point, look for your land or go into something that you can start getting your little track of property with others to build your infrastructure. And and that's what takes time. You just can't go do that overnight. You can't go find your place. You can't find the people. There's going to be a gravitation after the fall of people coming together. And if you've got the place, then you'll have where people may come to. We don't know all those things. You can't see the unforeseen. What you can do is make decisions today to make these changes that will affect your future. Your future is affected and changed by what you do and decisions you make today. And so that's why we tell people, you're crazy for having money in the bank. If you want to do that, I'm not advising you financially. I'm advising you spiritually. I'm advising you according to the messages of what is coming down. And when we see the church in 34 years of apparitions every day, God's last sign of his mercy, the Virgin Mary coming, and then we have the Pope who people literally are angry, literally are turning against him because he's so lenient with this year of mercy I read it's different. My read is like God's letting him, and, and he's liberal in social issues and and capitalism and things that I don't agree with politically, but that's who, he's the man of the hour because it takes that mindset to be doing something so lenient to give man every possibility, his opportunity to take amnesty and divine mercy the plenary indulgence where everything's wiped off your soul, all your atonement, everything. And so we're going to do something with this. I'm going to probably announce probably the next couple of weeks where we'll do 54 novena because part of the plenary indulgence is if you spread it. We're not doing that for that, but we want you to spread it. But we'll set some dates where we do a whole 54-day novena. Then we go to confession. Then we go to communion. And then we go to the holy doors. And then we do act of mercy. And that gives you a plenary indulgence for your whole life. All your atonement, everything, you go straight to heaven. 
So we want to be more organized. I was thinking about this already, but I think it'd be a beautiful thing that we have people across the country and the world joining with us together to do a 54-day novena. And then we do this with like preparing for First Holy Communion. This is a big thing. So we're going to set the dates. We'll be announcing that. I don't want to get off on topics on that. But stay with, actually stay with ain't going to happen. You wrote in this book something that was revealed to you, which I'm going to read this passage right now. You wrote, look and meditate on this three 624s. There is no way Our Lady appears 62481. And later asks us every Thursday to read Matthew 6.24, particularly, which thirdly connects to an action on 6.24.68 that broke the bonds for a world economy to exponentially expand that has now enslaved man. These three revelations concerning the three 6.24s is revelation. The book of Revelation is about what will happen in the last times. The June 25th, 1989 message of enslavement is what the book of Revelation speaks of, that you will neither be able to buy nor sell without consenting to the mark of the beast. Our Lady's purpose behind these dates is to help us recognize the signs of the times. My question is, do you remember when that revelation came to you? Well, one thing, working with the messages and and uh, following the message I gave, read my messages every day and transform them into life. When I begin to do that, then I begin to see the messages in a different way, and I begin to see that she said, pray to comprehend the profoundness of the message. Another, live the profoundness of the message. Another one in June 25th, uh, or 91, Dalai says, there are many who do not want to accept my messages or understand my messages, but you follow my messages, in reference to talking about them, she said, you follow my messages and look at sacred scripture for the reason for my coming. That June 25th message, 1991 is a profound message. She's saying, there's people who don't want, they don't accept the message, but I want you to have this in your life and I'm going to reveal to you why I'm coming. And as I dug deeper into the messages, I prayed for the message. I prayed to comprehend the messages. I started seeing things I didn't see. And things came as I do it. When I go right, there's things I don't know that are on the onset that just come to me through the message. And they align. So the 624 is June 24th, the Feast of John the Baptist, 1981, early appears. She comes on the scene. And she tells them in the early days, I want this village reading, everybody in the village reading every Thursday, and she started giving Thursday messages. I want you to read Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 24. Wow, that matched up as I was writing to her first apparition in 624, June 24th, 1981. Wow, that's a, that's a strange coincidence. But as I'm doing more research, and finding things, I see that silver, the, the silver certificates, our currency backed by silver, which gave it value, which kept it from being just a piece of paper, that you could go redeem a dollar bill in any bank and get dimes and quarters that were made out of silver. 
or half a dollar that was made out of silver gave the strength of value, gave an intrinsic value by proxy to the dollar bill that only had value not by the United States, not by paper, or not by a printed nice design, George Washington or something, or Benjamin Franklin, but by it being backed, that I could take that note, a silver note, to the bank and say, I want, I want dimes. I want 10 dimes for this dollar. And you got silver. So 624, June 24th, 1968, they took that backing of our notes, our silver notes, away. You think that's a coincidence? The alignment of these three things, the first, the apparitions start on that date. Second, you better start reading Matthew 6. And thirdly, they they devalued. Actually, it it became worthless. You only accept dollars because that's the means of exchange that's traditional. But when something happens, you'll see a huge inflation and a crash. And what will you go to? What's of God and what's going to have value? Silver. That's simple. What about gold? Well, go try to buy a loaf of bread if your neighbor's got it or if you got to buy some kind of agrarian equipment. Go try to buy it with gold. The means of exchange of, of the kings is gold. The means of exchange of the gentleman is silver. The means of exchange of the poor man is bartering. And, and fourthly, the slavery is debt. And most of this nation, this nation included itself as a nation, is a slave. It's a slave to the system. So we don't even have people in the poor side of it just bartering. We certainly don't have people in the gentleman side of it with silver. And we don't have it uh, on a propagated area that it works for a king because he has to have silver to exchange. He can't just go give a one-ounce piece. How do you break that down? Silver is the main means. That's why they put silver to back the silver notes. And so this is a huge revelation. I mean, I got excited reading it because that's a lot of revelations you'll need to be able to buy or sell. You can't stop me from giving silver to somebody to buy something. It can be just a silver nugget that weighs an ounce. There's value there. But if you control the note, the credit cards, the electronic mailing banking system now, you control everything. So Satan hates silver because he has anything that God hates, and he wants to corrupt it. People die for gold. People die for silver. Many people have been killed for that. People hoard it. People are in hell because of it. But that's not what God made it for. It's to be used to glorify God. We do our altars with it. We use it for means of exchange in a good, honest system. So there's a lot behind this, and we could talk to the rest of this, but I know you got some more questions. Regarding the 624 revelation, you could also go back and listen. There was a radio wave metronomics started in 2009 before the book It Ain't Gonna Happen was written. And in February, of 2009, there actually was a Medianomics show called 624, and uh, that went into some of more detail regarding the whole revelation about that. And it was a it's a pretty re- it was a pretty remarkable thing. Of course, at the time, now five years later, it's still remarkable. But uh, if you wanted to hear it within the context of that time frame, which is still applicable today, you can go and listen to that Medianomics show 
uh, from February 2009. How do they find that on the site? You just go to medj.com on the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, click on the past shows. There's a button there that says Medjinomics, and uh, just scroll down to February of 2009. You also have said many times in the past, and I believe it's in, it, it ain't going to happen, but that you believe strongly that the only reason the system is still afloat is is because it's God's mercy, that God himself is what's holding the system together, that it should have collapsed a long time ago. So along with this recognizing the signs of the time, we know the Federal Reserve was created in the year 1917. We know that it also was the year that Our Lady began to appear in Fatima. And you have been writing, speaking about lately, that we're coming to the 100-year anniversary of both of these in the year 2017, just after the year of mercy is completed. So do you feel that, and also with the um, year, the 100 years that was given to Satan that Our Lady revealed to Medjugorje visionary Mariana, that this possibly could be the 100 years we're talking about, to, uh, 1917 to 2017, that we are really looking at the crumbling of the economy within this period of time. We knowing, knowing that you can't put God in a box, you can't predict that, but what advice would you give to people looking at this sign of the times? Well, we all, we have many prophets running around saying, this is going to happen on this state, such and such date. Jesus himself says, I don't even really know the date of the second coming. Only God the Father knows that. There's things, though, that God does tell us in the scriptures that he never acts without informing basically his people. And we know about Revelation when the Antichrist comes that he's going to shorten the time just for the sake of the elect. Because even they won't be able to hold up. That's how horrible it would be living underneath the system. And so that's going to be reduced down to three and a half years, the way most understand it. And so when you hear these things and people are prophesying this and that, I reject all that always. At the same time, we, we can see into the messages what we need to do. And prophecy is simply something to show you what you need to do in the present to change the course of the future. And so Our Lady said in 1917 to Fatima that this war will end soon, talking about World War I, but if man does not repent from his sins, a larger and greater war will break out. So that's a prophecy. And then she told Sister Lucy, Lucia at the time, know that when you see the light light up the sky, that this war is intimate. That didn't have to happen. The course of history could have changed, but it didn't because we didn't accept Fatima. That's why we have Medjugorje. And this is an ultimatum. This is it. There's no other Fatima coming after this. And that's why Medjugorje is the most significant apparition ever in history, well above Fatima, because Fatima wasn't listened to. Parts of it was, yes. It took 40 years to release a secret. And so... That's not putting down Fatima. It's putting down the world and what the church did. The church failed with this. And so, in regards to seeing things prophetically, we have said things that came into being. We're not setting dates. We're telling you what's going to happen. I just just told you a 
many things preceding this question you just asked about where we're headed and where we're going. I see it very explicitly clear. I changed my life even in business pre-Medjugorje because I saw it. If you're thoughtful, if you're in praying, if you connect with God, you'll hear his direction for you. What is your will, God, for me? What decisions do I need to make? This is what Noah did. God, what do you want? I want to be a righteous man. What decisions do I need to make? Well, you need to build an ark. Well, God, I don't know if I want to follow that. That sounds like a crazy aspect of your will. You mean you're telling me to go cut all these trees around this as far as I can read, drag these logs up and make this boat in the middle of nowhere? Noah had to have some wealth. He had to have slaves or a lot of people to build that. Don't think that was just his sons. It's just reason that he had to have help. They didn't necessarily believe in it. There's people driving the economy. They're doing things. They're helping us in the mission. They're, they're secular vendors. They don't believe what we're doing. But we're building an ark here. Not for everybody, but for our way of life. You need to be building your ark. You might have people that's non-believers that are doing this in a way that will help you. Just like Noah probably had help. But he was the one who wanted to do God's will. They wanted to earn a wage. So there's a lot of people out there that might even contribute to an ark being done, but they don't accept it. And so our job is to reach that. Noah probably had a lot of wine and cheese parties on the Sabbath or whatever, even if he was celebrating that, on the hill across there watching him, laughing at him. But all of them came to the day of destiny. When they had changed their life, they had lived righteously. They confessed when they sinned. And God says, these people have my truth, and I need them to be the continuators of the human race. All mankind will be wiped out. And so our lady's here not to have just eight people get off a boat. Our lady's here for many people to have a boat and get off of it. Their little village. It's just reason. Of course, Isaiah always Come reason with me with the Lord. You need to, that's why you reflect. You gotta sit around. You gotta go out in creation. You gotta go in the woods and just think. Not on your past. Forget it. You sin. I sin. We fall. We confess. But reflect on your future. Don't dwell on the past. Move forward in the direction where God's showing us to go. Ain't gonna happen. Actually, everything I've written is about this. It's about being having the, the gift of being able to put my whole life immersed into the messages and seeing this and that was 624 or somebody says something and I catch that or whatever. Sometimes it comes through other people, but they didn't put it together because they didn't have the overview. And that's really what Medjugorje's about, the second of the month's about, the 25th is about, the, to teach you what you may not have time to put your efforts into, that can advance you. Our whole BVM pilgrimage is to Medjugorje. Its purpose is to take you on 15 trips when you go with us on one trip. You leave there with the knowledge, the experience, the spiritual experiences, the growth of if you had to take 15 trips. And I saw this. And that's why our numbers have grown. And actually, in fact, others have decreased. Some people are upset with us about that. A lot of people are upset because of our success, because they only have five people going with them. We always have 40, 50, 70 people going with us each month, even 100 on the peak months. And so it's because 
we put the message completely, totally, unequivocally into our life. We believe February 25th, 88, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. And that means you can do it with your company. That can be where you work. All these things are applicable to our walk in our life. So what do you say to people that would like to go to Medjugorje but aren't able to financially do that? Well, that's, that's a tragedy for a lot of hearts out there. They died to go to Medjugorje. They've longed their whole life to go to Medjugorje. They can't do that. But a lot of people in the whole region of Mississippi and Louisiana call this Majabama. Our ladies deposited almost 200 apparitions here. Our ladies made this a holy site. We've known some people in the church that say this is going to be bigger than Fatima and Lourdes. Because when Medjugorje, in other words, they didn't say this part, but they referenced it. In other words, Medjugorje is so big that once it comes known for what it is and what our lady came for to change the direction of the world and to save the world, this is the woman's time. This is my time, she said. This is the woman of revelation is coming to change everything. The woman at Cana who, who started the ministry of Jesus Christ has come here to back up time to give us and save the world. She said, I came here to save the world. I came to draw it out of the whirlpool, which is sinking. And it doesn't know what's in it sinks. we got solid evidence that this is the moment of Mary. And there's two geographical places on the earth, primarily Medjugorje, and the billboard for Medjugorje here. What Aleo has not been able to do in Medjugorje because of the church, for narrowed down mentalities, for political correctness, for even being in fear of what the church might do, condemning Medjugorje, we can do here. We're an outlet. You got a factory for Black and Decker drills or some other company. The factory is big. The outlet distributes all the materials, one of the, the discount outlets. And it don't have to be that big in its size and scope. But its output takes care of everything comes from the factory that they want to go through their official distributor. And that's what we do. The messages are imported to Medjugorje, exported to us, and then we re-export them out. And so I'm saying all this about your questions about BVM is that if you can't go there, you can walk these grounds. You can go to the Grotto La Pluie. You can spend time on the grounds in creation and come here and just make your personal retreat. You can come here for a work retreat. But we've had people come here and said they've even been to Medjugorje. They never understood Medjugorje until they came here. If you go with us on BVM, you leave Medjugorje understanding it. But many people have been there four or five times and said, we converted here. Medjugorje is nice. Maria herself has even said, this is how Medjugorje was in the beginning. Now, it wasn't that we're tobacco growers or we're this, that, but the spirit of here, the message, the way we live it, the way we've incorporated our life, has a bearing on people coming to see and learning, hey, I can do this. We just had somebody from here in Italy who's looking to put a factory in. Immediately after spending two days with us, turns to us and says, this is where we need to put a university here. In other words, what they use in Italy in their company and their meats and how they do things and butchering, they said, this is the place in this country to set up a university. Of course, we don't want a university. But he was serious. He only spent two days here. And he didn't come here for the religious side. He was Catholic. He has been in Medjugorje for three hours or so. 
But the impact on him seeing this made him see what he didn't see in Medjugorje. So geographically, there's only two places where the Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje, June 24th, 1981, when she began this, has designated the spot as something to her appearance. So yes, this is a place to come to learn what you're to do in your future and reflect on. This is a place to do. Our Lady says, go out in creation here. Frank? So you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Well, this message was a little bit different, but we wanted to go into the direction that Joan started off with. But for the reasons of 2016 is facing this. And it is a pivotal year. I believe for our mission, it's very critical. For Our Lady's plans, is of the utmost importance because she won't stay with us forever. So this is the time to think. This is the time of decision that in this present, you make your decisions in the future today. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.